All right. We're rolling. Okay, welcome to the Charles Palmetary Podcast. It's Monday. You know what that means? It's 11 a.m. It's a new show. Don't forget, you know, we've so, so many people have been calling up about bringing up people that they uh, passed away, you know, people that passed away, their mother, father, sister, brother, God forbid. And uh, you, know, you know what I always say, you die three times in life. When you, first, when you die, the breath leaves your body. The second time is when your soul leaves your body. And the third time is when your name is mentioned for the last time on earth. So we like to keep everybody's name mentioning, in, you know, in history forever. So if you have somebody, go to show at gmail.com. Tell us one of your loved ones and, you know, we'll bring up their name on the air. Sunday, January 29th in the Paramount, Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island. I'm going to be doing my one-man show. We're going to be filming it January 29th. It's going to be a great show. Wednesday, March 1st, Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm going to be at the University of Arkansas Pulaski Center. That's March 1st and March 3rd. That's a Friday, San Antonio, Texas, at the Empire Theater at 8 p.m. show. My website, chazpalmetary.net. You can get the card. It's a great gift for, uh, you know, Valentine's Day, New Year's. You want to give it to your child. Christmas will be over by then. Uh, but uh, check it out. Saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Don't forget the T-shirts. Here we go. The famous Roxtail T-shirt, Wasted Talent. Uh, what do we got here? Now you can leave Roxtail on the front. And of course, one of the great ones, great Valentine's Day gift for your lady. If she's one of the great ones. If not, I can't help you out, buddy. You need more fucking help than me. All right, so we got a great... Really interesting, great guy here today. He's got his own podcast, uh, Jimmy Calandra. I'm sure you know who he is. Jimmy's got some great stories. And we're going to talk to Jimmy right now. As Jimmy once said, one thing about the streets, they will never love you back. Jimmy Calandra, good to have you on the show, Jimmy. Thank you, Chaz. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, you know, having me. Oh, I please. Lo I love your setup. I'm a big fan of yours. And I think you're amazing. I saw the one-man show. Thank you. And uh, I tell you, you really are an awesome guy. Well, I appreciate that. And what is the name of your podcast? Jimmy Calandra, Bath Avenue Story. Bath Avenue Story. So when you say Bath Avenue, would you say Bath Avenue is like a famous a famous avenue in Brooklyn? Yes. And, and is that where all the wise guys, a lot of wise guys came from there? Yes. Wow. Now, you grew up there, right? Yes. Now, I saw anybody goes on your website, I saw a lot of your uh, photos and stuff. I mean, when you were a kid growing up, did you think you were going to be like a tough guy growing up in the streets no, like that? not at all. Right. I, uh, my story begins, uh, you know, obviously I have a father and a mother. My father worked the same job for 35 years. My mother was a stay-at-home uh, mom. Uh, everything with her was God, God everything. Eventually, my mom and dad separate. I was about seven, eight years old. Ooh. My father moves to Manhattan. Once I realize I'm a greater force than my mother, I'm hanging out at the social clubs, Nick's Candy Store, uh, right next door from Sparrow and Frankie the Chico Social Club, and the wise guys became uncles to me. Right. So do you think, you can honestly say that the divorce, if you weren't divorced, maybe your life would have been different? You know what, Chaz? I really think it would have. Right. I grew up in a six 
family apartment building. Everyone in that apartment building, every female was single. So all the men took off at that time. Wow. So, uh, you know, at that time, that's how it was. But uh, I think I would have had a different childhood for the fact of I might have had some direction. Right. Maybe a little get a crack in the mouth, a crack in the ass. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, they would have straightened me out. But instead, what I did was uh, I followed the street. I followed the wise guys, you know, and I got into mischief. And uh, I picked my friends. You know, when you're a kid, you want to be uh, accepted. And a lot of my friends were in the street. My friend, Georgie Adamo, his father was a wise guy. He was murdered. Uh in the 70s, and once he was murdered, uh, Anthony Sparrow stepped in and became Little Georgie Adamo's godfather. Hmm. So this is my connection with uh, the mob, Little Georgie Adamo. He was the leader of our crew at the time when we were kids. Yeah. So now, you weren't, you weren't made, right? I was not made. You no. were not made. You were not made. Uh, in fact, if I remember from doing some little research on you, the only one that whoever got made was the Chico, right? The only one that got made was Fabrizio. 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 Fabrizio Di Franziski. He did get made. Now, why do you think he got made? Why, what, what was his reason that he get made? He get made? Well, you know, the, the streets are funny, especially uh, when it comes to the mob, you know. What happens is, you know, we start out as friends, all of us. And some of us get murdered. My friend John Polio was murdered in 1988. Then little George Adamo was murdered in 91. My friend Mike Morolo was murdered in 90. So I have a lot of bunch of friends, about five friends that were murdered at this time. And uh, the question to you, the, the answer to your question is, uh, Fabrizio, he had an Italian last name. I got arrested. I got picked up for a bank robbery. When I got picked up for a bank robbery, I'm going really ahead of myself. They killed Paulie Galino. Paulie Galino was the leader of my crew at that time. Right. Okay? They walk him into his house. They put a couple bullets in his head. His best friends. Now, he was a tough so, guy, Paulie. He was, a, he was a tough kid. And he, right. was a, he was a kid you would probably like him. He had a lot of charisma. Right. He was very respectful. He was good with his hands. And uh, someone like you, he would like, uh, you know, probably look for your favor. Right. You know, he, he, he was really, he was a respect, respectful kid. Right. And uh, the way he went out was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, back then, I mean, when I, I'm, I'm older than you, obviously, but when I was growing up, the only way to get made or buttoned is you had to kill somebody. But that changed, usually. Then you had to be an earner, right? Yes, absolutely. So the reason why you think they, they made him, was he a good earner for a bit, too? Well, eventually later on, he earned, uh, you know what, for, uh, once Paulie G was out of the picture now, yeah. Joey Calco and Tommy Reynolds killed Paulie Galino. Right. Okay? Now, when they go kill Paulie Galino, uh, Joey Calco is the one who pulls the trigger because Tommy Reynolds tells him, he says, listen, I'm not Italian. I mean, I'm half and half. He's half Italian, half Irish. And he tells Joey Calco, he says, listen, this is an Italian thing. You got to pull the trigger on this one. Right. Okay? I know the story because Joey Calco told me this story right, after right, it happened. Right. So Joey Calco kills Paulie Galino. After he kills Paulie Galino, he don't get straightened out. He never gets strained out. Five, six years passes. Never by. gets strained out. He never gets strained out. So it just wow. goes to show you that he would have never got strained out. So he ends up killing a 19-year-old kid in my neighborhood. Now, in my neighborhood, there's a lot of murders all over the place, Chaz. I don't right. know how the Bronx was. I know the Bronx was oh, rough. No, it was crazy. No, I know I know it's rough out there, but I think Brooklyn has this, this uh, thing. Oh, there were more murders in Brooklyn. Yeah, I no think question. They, they have this thing of killing their friends yeah. in Brooklyn. 
they really do. They have this thing about killing their friends. Right. So, uh, you know, once they killed Paulie G, Joey Calco thought he was going to get straightened out. He ends up killing a 19-year-old kid. He goes on the lam, and I'm in jail. Who's up next? Fabrizio. So they straighten out Fabrizio. He gets straightened out with the Bonanno crime family. Wow. And Fabrizio was always a good kid. Came from a good family. Right. Uh, he was uh, born in Italy. Right, right. At one years old. So you know what? He deserved it. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't a bad kid. He was a tough kid. But uh, at that time, he wasn't one of us. We were more uh, physical, violent, and always looking for the wise guy's favor. Now, once they killed Paulie Galino, it was a different ball game. They had different plans, you know. Now, I went away in 93, May of 93, for a bank robbery. Yeah, how many years you do? You had to do? I did six years on that. Six years? I did six years on that. And I made some friends when I was away. Now, as I'm away, they killed my friend Paulie Galino. That put a bad taste in my mouth. I don't want to be with these kids no more. So I made friends with a guy by the name of Manny Madonna. So I'm 23 years old. I get locked up. I'm in Lewisburg Penitentiary. I'm surrounded by a 50-foot wall, okay? I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, I got six years, but I know a lot of wise guys. So I'm good friends with a guy by the name Michael DeSantis at the time, okay? His brother Frankie married my Aunt Carol, okay, my mother's sister. Right. So Michael's like a wise guy uncle to me. Okay, I'm, right. with, I'm with him in Oldersville. As I'm in Oldersville, now I get designated. I want to find out where I'm going. The counselor tells me I'm going to Lewisburg Penitentiary. She goes, what'd you do? I said, I didn't do nothing. I just robbed the bank. So <laughs> I didn't do nothing. I just robbed the I bank. I just robbed the bank. I said, wow, why did he send you to Lewisburg? We're only five years. I said, I don't know. So Mike DeSantis sends word to uh, Manny Madonna and Herbie Sperlin. He calls some guy Oscar. They call him Oscar the Caesarian. Okay, yeah. he was a serious guy. So I get to Lewisburg. When I get to Lewisburg, I got Herbie, Herbie Sperlin and Manny Madonna waiting for me. I couldn't have the best people waiting for me. Right. These people took me underneath their arm. They uh, told me how to do time. And Manny Madonna told me, he said, listen, while you're here, you're going to use this place to your advantage. You're going to go to school. So what I did was I went to school. I got my GED. Oh. Then I took college correspondence courses from Indiana University. And Manny Madonna used to sit down with me every day, and he made sure that he went over my work with me. So he was good in that sense. Wow. Yes, he was good in that sense. Really? And uh, he eventually goes home, and he becomes the boss of the Lucchese family, this Manny Madonna. So, you know, these are guys that, you know, I'm shooting at you where, you know, these are really some serious guys yeah, at I the know time. They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I know Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that you, excuse me, but life is weird, you know? Maybe the best thing that ever happened to you that you went away. Oh, you could I have been that. dead. Yes, I said that. And I always think about that. And, uh, you know, I say maybe I would have been with Paulie. You know, maybe they would have killed me too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. You know? Sure. It didn't work out that way, which is good. But, uh, you know, I'm here and I have a story to tell. So I come home. Actually, I'm going too fast. That's all right. Go okay. Ahead. So. Let me just tell you about my first murder that I'm involved in. Okay. okay. Because, uh, you know, when you're in the street and you're surrounded by wise guys, what you want to do is you want to be involved in murders and crimes and burglaries and just to show these wise guys, you know what, you're capable. You're capable of And it. you want to be on record with them. So it's uh, 1991. Right. And they kill my friend, little Georgie Adamo. 
okay, right. it's Anthony Sparrow's godson. And the guy who killed him, was his name was Fat Stevie, okay? And we couldn't get him. We were looking for him all over the place. He was in Manhattan. I couldn't find him. Me and my friends couldn't find him. So he used to hang out with this guy, Neil. Neil had a twin. So Paulie G tells us, you know what? If you can't get Stevie, get the kid Neil. Whoa. You killed one of ours. Now we're going to kill two of yours. Right. Okay, so at this time you had the beepers. Back then you had a lot of drugs going on. Okay. Right. You would beep us. We would deliver cocaine to you. That's right. how it was back then. Right. So I get this kid's beeper number, this kid Neil, and I beep him by a payphone on Bay Eight Street and Cropsey Avenue. I'm with Tommy Reynolds, Joey Calco, and this kid William Galloway. He cooperates too. And so we pull over, wait for this kid to call back. You don't call back the phone. Back in the day, if you knew the pay phone number, you go directly to the phone, right. which was his mistake. He comes directly to the pay phone with another guy. When it comes directly to the pay phone, my friend Tommy Reynolds gets out of the car with a 357, and he kills both of them. I'm the driver of the car. Now, this is the first murder I'm involved in, okay? He kills both of them. He jumps in my car, and I take off. As I take off, there's this guy walking down the street and he's going pretty slow. And you know, I'm just involved in a murder and I run the guy over. The guy goes flying up in the air, okay? Jesus Christ. Some serious stuff. He goes flying up in the air. I got the kid Willie in the car. The kid Willie goes, holy shit, I feel like Action Jackson, okay? With all this, with all this craziness going wow, on, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of funny in a way yeah i mean look we're kids and everything's a joke at the time to us sure, you know yeah. we don't realize you know what i mean there's some serious shit going on over here right so uh i drive to the verrazano i throw the pistol over the verrazano and i drop off joey calco and tommy reynolds and i go back to paulie galino and i tell paulie galino what just happened that tommy reynolds just killed these two guys and uh we got retaliation for georgie adamo's murder so that's the first double homicide I'm involved in, okay? And I'm really going ahead, very ahead of things. Well, so you guys weren't even worried about if you're going to get caught or not. You figured, nah, we're not going to get, we're not going to get caught for this. You know what it is? At that time, you really don't think about getting caught. Right. You know? Yeah. So uh, you really don't think about anything when you're a kid. It's just basically How about your- How old were you at the time of this? At that time, I was 21 years old. 21 years old. 21 years old, and I'll tell you, you know what? Looking back, I know I broke my mother's heart. Going away at the age of 23 years old, Lewisburg Penitentiary, every day my mother must have been crying, and uh, like that bothers me, looking yeah. back on that. Well, I mean, Lewisburg, I mean, you went right into maximum security. Yes. No fucking around. I mean, Lewisburg's a tough place. Yeah. I went straight to Lewisburg, and thankful I had a lot of people that I knew. You know, they showed me how to do time. I went to school. I was there. I tried to use it. Were you protected there a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. You met some real tough guys in the joint? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was a true, like, the, if you were with a crew, I mean, if they took you under the wing, the other, the other groups, they would leave you alone, right? Yeah. You know what? The Italian people are a lot different than all the other national... Uh, ethnic backgrounds for the fact of, you know, we go to jail and we just want to, once we step in jail, we want to come home. 
You know, we want to do our time and come, home. come home. You know, we don't want to be in there and start killing people, start cutting people. And then you stay there forever. And then you stay there forever. Right. So, you know, you have a lot of good Italian people that, uh, you know, get caught up in the net. But, uh, yeah, I did time with a lot of, you know, good people. Wow. But now, how do you feel today looking back at that, Jim? Do you look it back? Would you say, if you can live your life over, would you do it differently? Absolutely, hundred percent, sure. Yeah, you would. I and but it was interesting that you said that that six family house. Every one of the kids grew up without a father. Every one of the kids grew up without a father. We had Gail there. We had Nancy. We had Bridget. We had my mother. We had Phyllis Vassalone. Christ. Uh, everyone. There wasn't a man in the building. You know, they were all single. All the mothers were single. Wow. Yeah, that's how it was back then. You and know, in the 20s, in the 20s and 30s, 20, 22% of the African-Americans were divorced. When, we, when they got to like the 70s, 83% divorced. It's just amazing how, what that means to a child is to lose his father, you know, the women can't, you just can't control the boy, you know? It's very, very difficult, you know? So you would do your life different than that. Absolutely. You know, I, I also wanted to say, uh, you know, I lost a friend in 1988, John Polio. So when John Polio was murdered, there was a lot of uh, things going on in the neighborhood. There was this kid, Michael Hamster, that was around uh, Bobby DeChico, Georgie DeChico. Right. And he threatened to kill all, all of us. At this time in 88, one day we wake up and John Polio is dead. They find him on a 30-something street in the street with his uh, jacket over his face with a bullet in his head. He's 19 years old. So that really set us off. That's when all our troubles started. Okay, that's when we formed the Bath Avenue crew. We all got numbers on our legs. Uh, Paulie G got number one. I got number two. Tommy Reynolds got number three. And there were seven of us. We formed the Bath Avenue crew. So there's this kid, Michael Hamster, that's going around the neighborhood uh, bragging that he killed John Polio. Bragging? He's bragging that he killed John Polio. So me and the kid, Joey Calco, we say, you know what? Let's wait for this kid. Let's see if we can find him. So we wait for him in front of Georgie Chico's uh, social club, and he gets into Bobby Chico's car. When he gets into Bobby Chico's car, me and Joey start following him. He stops at a light on 17th Avenue and Benson. When he stops at the light... Joey's got a pistol on him. Only We only have one gun at the time. So <clears throat> Joey pulls out the gun, and Joey shoots him seven times. So after he shoots him, the kid lives. Now he's around wise guys. So I got to take off. I got to go hide now. Wow. Joey's got to go to Italy until uh, someone is going to save us, you know what I mean, sit down right. for us. You know, one of the guys that sat down for us was a guy by the name of Tommy Karate, Tommy Patera. I heard of him. Yeah, he, uh, he was from Gravesend, Bensonhurst right. area. He was a really scary guy. Was he a tough guy with his hands? You know what? I He don't was think karate, so. they said. Yeah, you know what? I don't think so. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But uh, he was a scary guy, and what he did was his MO was chopping people up. Right. Yes, I know. I heard about him. Yes. So yes. S- yeah, so someone like him, you just uh, you don't want to know if he's tough or anything. You just want to <laughs> stay away from him. Stay away from him. He's that crazy. Yes. He was like uh, the, the Mayo crew. Exactly. Yeah. And at, and at this time growing up, you know, we had all these, like you said, the Mayo, Tommy Karate, Gregory Scarpa, and you have all these other maniacs in the neighborhood, and this is a time when we grew up. 
So you know what? We want to be like these guys. You know, look, right. John Gotti is killing Paul Castellano. Gas Pipe is a maniac. He has the family, and everyone's a, a maniac. He called me once, Gas Pipe, did he? to do his life story, and I just was like, nah. He called me from the joint, and I was like, nah, sorry, bro. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, I just didn't want to get involved in that. Yeah. That, that guy's definitely a devil. Yeah, I heard about it. He's, he, he died recently, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was your first murder that you were involved with. Were there any more than that? There, there, there was. Now, let me just put in the Stan Allen Mall. I used to do scores. I was a score guy. I used to love to make money. Yeah. And uh, my friend Chris comes to me. He says, Jimmy, I got this score, the Stan Allen Mall. You know, I want you to look at it. It's like uh, maybe a million dollars. Okay? I said, okay. So we end up doing the, the score right before Christmas time in 1992. Okay? Right. We do the score. Me, my friend Gerard, uh, Chris Paciello, Tommy Reynolds, my friend Willie. We get over $400,000 cash. The score was a success. It was great. The, right. the adrenaline, the rush, it's great. I mean, you grab the money, you go home, you start counting the money. Make Everything went well. Nobody got hurt. It was great. You know? So... We spend the money now. We gotta do another score. That's the thing. You think you you think the money's never gonna run out. You think the scores are always gonna come. Yeah, right. But eventually, you know what? It ends. Nobody saves money, huh? <laughs> Nobody they saves. just don't do it. Nobody <laughs> saves money. So my friend Chris calls me. He says, "Jimmy, I got another score in Staten Island. Yeah. I got this guy. He's a uh, he owns a porno business. Porno business." Right. And uh, he has a big safe in his house. Right. I, so I go, okay, you know, I never turned down a score. Right. Saying, you know, you got a score? Sure. A million dollars? Let's do it. A million dollars, yeah. So uh, one night we settle up. I pick up this kid, Mike Yamin. I take Tommy Reynolds with me, Chris Paciello. Jump in my car. And we go uh, do the score. I got a pistol on me. Tommy Reynolds got a pistol on him. So we talk about it. They pull up, me, Tommy Reynolds, the kid Mikey Yamini, we get out of the car. I walk up to the doorway, I knock on the door. As I knock on the door, I see a woman answers. Now, nobody's supposed to be in here, okay? There ain't supposed to be no woman here. It's just supposed to be a guy. Right. Okay, now I'm this seeing a woman. This changes everything. This changes everything. Right. So now I'm seeing a woman, okay? So a woman, there ain't supposed to be no woman here. Right. So she comes to the door. As I'm about to say something, when she comes to the door, the kid Tommy Reynolds, is point, he has his gun pointed, and I see this woman go flying across the hall. He shot her. He goes flying. He shot her by accident. Okay, All three of us were there. I saw it. Okay, It was accident. He didn't shoot her because he wanted to shoot her. It was an accident. He had his finger on the trigger. He had his finger on the trigger. Okay, he might have even been on drugs. Yeah. Don't know. But uh, she goes flying against, across the room. We all jet to the car. Chris says, what happened? What happened? You know, he heard a gunshot. And, uh, you know, Tommy shot the lady. Never talk about it ever again. If we ever talk about it again, someone's a rat. Someone has to get killed. That's 90 that's 93. So no one ever that, talked about that, it again. Nobody never talked about and it. nobody got pinched for it. So I get arrested in May 93. I come home 98 after doing uh, close to six years. I'm on the street. I go see Manny Madonna, the guy I'm doing time with. He's a boss now. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> I go see him. I'm reporting to him. And uh, he goes to see Anthony Spell, Joe Benanti, and he puts me on record with him. He takes me off a of record with Anthony Spell and Joe Benanti. So I go with him, and he says, you know what? He's related to Michael, meaning DeSantis. Right? They want him over here, and you could have him. I'm saying good luck, Jimmy, you know? So anyway, I'm on the street for 11 months. After 11 months, guys are starting to get indicted. Mm. There's a whole bunch of murders. As I'm away, my friends are committing murders, their own murders. Wow. So I end up on this indictment with Anthony Sparrow. For the girl, for the woman. She, she's one of them, okay? Huh? And the double homicide that I was the driver of the getaway car. So I got my back against the wall. I'm very, I, very shameful of this thing with this woman. As far as the guys with the, uh, yeah, the street, I got you. You know what? The street's the street. Street's the street. Yeah. You know, but I didn't go there to kill a woman. Right. Yeah. You know, I had no intention of killing a woman. You know, I'm sure Tommy Reynolds didn't have no intention either. Right. You know? But he's the one who pulled the trigger. You know, so ever since then, I'm in jail thinking about this, thinking about they killed Paulie G while I'm in jail. I got this, uh, you know, this woman on my mind as I'm sitting in prison. Now I'm home. Now I'm in indictment again. I just finished doing six years. Right. And I'm on this indictment, and I'm looking at a lot of time. Now you're looking probably at a lot of years. the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Okay? I'm probably never going to see daylight. Probably going right, to destroy absolutely. my life. <laughs> my mother asks me, says, Jimmy, is this true about this woman? And uh, I'm so shameful, I don't even want to talk about it. You know what I mean? So my mother's yeah. all with this God thing. Everything with her is God this, God that. Yeah, yeah. You know? So the only way I felt was to do the right thing was to come forward. I felt that's the only way I could make this right, make my crooked past right by coming forward. So that's what I did. I came forward and I gave them the details about the woman, what happened, and everything that happened in my life, even when I stole the bubble gum in the candy store. Oh, yeah, because once they tell you, you got to tell us everything. Yes. You, gotta, you better tell them everything. Yes. Because if they find out you didn't, deal's off. Yes. That I know. Yeah. So it's like a double-edged sword. I mean, so you had to give the kid up. I had to tell everything, you know, who was there, everything. Every, uh, no, now, everything. if you didn't do that, you think you would have went away for life? I probably wouldn't have got life, but I probably would have got 30, maybe a little <laughs> more. Yeah, that, that is, uh, you know, it's life. It's life. You know, and, yeah. today, and today, I actually have two little girls. I got an eight-year-old. I got yeah. a 13-year-old. So, uh, you know, I got a union job. I'm a teamster. That's great. And, uh, you know, I got my YouTube channel. That's great, yes. So, uh, you know, I'm doing the right thing. And I'll tell you, doing the right thing pays off. Exactly. Now, did, they, did somebody go away when you gave them up, Jimmy? Now, this is the thing. At the woman, three people came forward. There's four people there. So all three years came forward. Who shot? Except the kid that shot the woman. He didn't come forward. He said, I didn't do it. He said, well, they had me, they had the kid Chris, and the kid Mike Yamini. I was at the scene. Right. So we all cooperated. So he just took a plea stating that he did it. You know? Right. Now also, the double homicide that I was at, there's four people in the car. So this is this this part's funny. You're gonna laugh, okay? Out of the four people, three people cooperated in the car too. Joey Calco cooperated. The kid William Galloway cooperated, and I cooperated. So you know, it just goes to show you, 
it wasn't it wasn't just me who cooperated. Yes, you know? there's no shame in that. Yeah. It. I, well, yeah, you know, looking back on my life, I have a lot of shame. You know, but yeah. every you know, I'm trying to fix it. No matter better place now, for sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, every day that bothers me. I see a therapist once a month, and I yeah. talk about these things. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I think that's all right because. You know, through suffering, you know, I'm a big believer. I'm in therapy, God knows, 30 years. And uh, through suffering, as anyone will tell you, comes birth. You had to go through this to be where you are today. Some people, obviously, as you know, I know some people, we both know them, that go through this and they never learn. They end up dying in jail. They end up getting murdered. They end up, you know, killing people, getting killed. So... It's a rebirth. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, bro. And I, I know, I'm sure you feel that way, but, but like I said, it's a blessing that you got caught. It's a blessing that you went to jail. It's how, you know, it's like Jesus said, who, who, who without sin throw the first stone? Nobody's without sin, bro. No, fuck, we all did, you know. So, but you're trying to make it right. You have two lovely girls, right? Yes. Imagine growing up, Benjamin still being in the joint, you wouldn't have had two lovely girls. Exactly. And, and you know, that's the thing, too. You know, seeing prison at an early age, at the age of 23 years old, right. it's somewhere I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to be there right. forever. You know, watching these older guys grow old and never, ever getting out. That's, that's I don't want to be like that. They all died in jail, you know, these guys. I don't want to waste my life. Yeah, well, I know, I know a bunch of those guys. Benny Eggs. I don't know if you remember Benny, Benny Eggs. Of course. Eggs. All those guys. I mean, yeah, they, they, they talk about him. Yeah, he stand up. He never ratted. Well, you know what? He might have never ratted, but he died in jail. And he broke his family's heart, you know? Um, but the, the, the thing about the streets that's so funny, and you always talk about it, friends killing friends. I, I told you, I think I told this. I don't know if I ever told you the story. One of my friends got straightened out, you know, when I was away. And it was a good friend. And... Uh, we played ball together. You know, really, we grew up together, like you. And I came back after I made it uh, with Bronx Tale. And I, at that time, I think it was 94, I got nominated for the award, Academy Award. And anyway, I came back, celebration, all my friends. It was a great time. And I'm on the corner, and I'm with this guy. He's, he's there. And, I, and he just got straightened out maybe a month before I got there. So I said, I happened to turn to him while we were talking breaking balls like we always did and I said I said come on what the fuck do you know like that and I could feel like everybody kind of got like you know and I was like and I just fluffed it off I, and he just said to me go hey Chaz can I talk to you a second I said what's up he goes yeah yeah and he kind of grabbed my elbow like that and he pulled me to the side and he said to me he goes um, you know about what happened you know I go what he goes you know with me, you know, he wouldn't say it, you know. So I said, oh, yeah, then I realized he got made, you know. I said, yes, yes, oh, my God, congratulations. I hug him, I kiss him. He goes, do me a favor, you can't. I know we we're friends, he goes, but you can't talk like that in front of people. Like that, you can't talk like that to me. And I could see in his eyes, and this was my friend that I grew up with, Jimmy. And I said, you're good, man, you're right. I said I was out of line. I didn't realize it was my my pa, and I did. I was wrong, and we let it go. But it was different. We were friends, but friends like that no more. And this is what the street does to friends. Yeah, you know, 
I mean, we in the street. This is what it does. I mean, you know, where I'm from, unfortunately, uh, for example, after uh, we did the double homicide with Tommy Reynolds, I got this guy, Charlie Tuna, that calls me. He says, Jimmy, can I talk to you? Now, Charlie Tuna, he's around uh, this wise guy, Georgie Conti. Okay, mm. he's a, a wise guy in the Lucchese family. Me personally, I don't care about none of these guys. Right, but uh, so Charlie Tuna is on record with him. And he says, "Jimmy, can I talk to you? Come to my house." So I'm saying, you know what? We just killed these two guys. This guy wants to talk to me. What the fuck is this about? I'm right. saying. So I call my friend Paulie. Uh, no, first I call Tommy Reynolds. I said, "Tommy," I said, "Charlie Tuna wants to talk to me." So Tommy Reynolds is on the phone like this. He's going, "Jimmy, Jimmy, don't go there. Get Paulie." Go there with Paulie. I said, you know, I got my pistol on me, my 380. I'm going to tell Paulie, but I'm, I'm going to go talk to Charlie. So I called Paulie. He says, Jimmy, you want me to come with you? I said, no, I got my 380 on me. I'm just going to go talk to him. If something happens to me, you know where I am. Now, that's the balls we had. You know, we, we didn't care, you know. So uh, I go to this guy's house. As I go up his house, you got three steps. I walk up the steps. There's a screen door. The screen door, you can see him. He's sitting on the sofa. So I open up the screen door. He's sitting on the sofa. He says, Jimmy, come in. As I open up the screen door, you ever hear, you ever step on wood and there's a creak? Yes. Someone was in that house behind a wall. They want to meet it in that house. So I open up the door. I hear a creak. Someone's behind the wall. I jump back into my car. I had a vet at the time. I jump. I go to right to Bay 23rd in bed. Paulie Galino's there with the guy Joe Benanti. Joe Benanti was a wise guy with the banana crew. Okay, I get out of the car. I said, Joe, Paul, this guy, Charlie Tuna, just tried to set me up. Jimmy, calm down, calm down. Tell you, try to set me up. Who pulls up five minutes later? Georgie Conti, a captain in the Lucchese family. He says, Jimmy, can I talk to you? I said, Georgie, were you in that house? Did you just try to kill me? He says, Jimmy, would I do that to you? I know you all your life since you were a kid. You'll kill me. You don't give a fuck that I was a kid, you know? And then we find out. The guy who killed John Polio, it wasn't Michael Hamster. It was Georgie Conti. And was he in the house? Well, what? he didn't tell us that, but I'm sure he was. Fuck, man. You know, I'm, sure, I'm sure he was. He didn't tell us that. Wow. But that's how you know the streets are. That's how the streets are. It's that's never, how the streets are. It's never the enemy. It's always your friends. They come at you with smiles. Exactly. Because only your friends can get close to you, Jimmy. And, and, and you know, the, the funny thing is, too, it's that like all these people, when you're alive, everyone loves you. For example, Paulie Galino, everybody loved him on Bath Avenue. But you know, now that he's gone, nobody loves him no more. Right. It's right. the truth. Nobody loves him no more. You know. Right. So uh, right. you know, people are strange or uh, you know, funny. Yeah. Out there. Yeah, but you know what, Jim? I I, I really think you should be. I and I I mean this sincerely. Look, did you do some bad things? Yeah, did it. we all did. Uh, but you turned it around. And you help people now. You help kids now. I know I see you talking to kids on your podcast about do the right thing. And that's, you know, you're trying to help people. And those kids will pass that on to their kids. So I think you're doing a good thing. And, man, I, I, and it was great to have you on the show. I'd love to have you again. I'm going to I'm gonna do your podcast. I would love to come I'd on. I'd love to have you on my podcast. Yeah, I'd love to be on. And... Uh, and if somebody wants to see your podcast, tell us again what it is. Jimmy Calandra, A Bad Day Avenue Story. Bad Day Avenue Story. And I saw it. Well, great podcast. You got all these photos. You got the yeah. original photos of all those guys. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's really Thank great. Thank you. Thank you, Chaz. But really, seriously, you should be very proud. It's proud that I'm glad that you have children now. You're, you're married now. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, you turn your life around. That's what it's about. It's not what you were then. It's what you are now. So it's great to have you on the show, Thank you, Chaz. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's the end of the show. Don't forget January 29th at the Paramount in Huntington. Uh, Wednesday, March 1st, I'll be at Little Rock, Arkansas at um, the University of Arkansas and San Antonio, Texas, March 3rd, the Empire Theater for my one-man show. Uh, this is really great to have you on, Jim. I like to have people who are real, who are honest, who say it like it is, the good and the bad. Thank you. And you say the good and the bad, and that's the main thing, man, is to just be real. You know, God bless you. Thank you, Chash. You too. All right. I appreciate it. See you next week.